swear word? No. It's time for Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, and to listen to loud music. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger. Hey, Robbie. Tonight, we're going to talk about you. Dang it. (laughs) Really? Yep. Yep. We're going to talk about you in this crazy notion that you have. That's okay. This is a actually a trove of things. I imagine this is a well. Can, no, I just picked one. Just we're not going. We're not going to do all of the okay. bizarre things that you believe. Well, I'm game. What's what? What you got? All right. So tonight we're going to talk about this, and, and this has come up a couple of times on the podcast, in just kind of a passing comment, or maybe just a little back and forth banter. And I thought it would be good to um, uncover it a little bit because actually, to be honest, there's things about this topic, this mystery, to- mystery topic hmm. that even I don't know what goes on in your brain, brain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you have a belief and a perspective that everyone can draw. Oh, that's not that off. I mean, or, or I'm not alone with this belief. I, well, I didn't say like you were alone, but you're the only person alien. in the room that Fair enough. that has that belief. I am the only one on this podcast. <laughs> so here we go. Here we go. Okay. So yeah, um, and, and this has come up in a number of ways in a number of places, right? So this has come up um, in between you and I, mm-hmm. um, and, and I will commonly say things like, well, I'm not an artist or I don't draw. And almost any time that I speak those words, you have to correct me or challenge it. Um, but also in, um, you do a lot of presenting and workshops and, and that type of work. And when you do those, you kind of have the same, same impression or the same perspective that you share with your, um, with folks that are learning from you, Mm -hmm. right? You, um, you encourage everyone to draw in your design workshops. You encourage everyone to, um, you know, do little sketches to kind of convey their um, design ideas. Hmm. Oh yeah, I, uh, that sounds like an awesome topic. How how did you want to explore this? Because yes. Well, I was just going to give the intro, and then awesome. I was going to kind of go read a book while you just talked the rest of the podcast. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. No, it I'm, comes from a lot of things. I'm, okay. So, um, first, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge your. I, although I don't know your full underlying perspective, mm-hmm. first let me just challenge the way I have it in my brain, right? So this is going to be my perspective versus your perspective tonight a little bit. Um, do you think that some people have a natural talent for um, artistic drawing? Do some... There are a lot of words you just said. I know. And to, I think, handle the, the question appropriately, I need to explore some of the words. So... I love it when you get semantic. No, I'm not being semantic or pedantic. <laughs> I was just going to say pedantic. You beat me to it. <laughs> uh, so, All right. <clears throat> let's talk about the words. Let's unpack it. Okay. So some people, talent, and you said artistic drawing. So I just... I did. Yes. I, and I chose those words intentionally. And wonderful. Uh, some people and talent... I do believe that just from the process of probably evolution and natural selection and, and um, random stuff as far as genes combining, some people have um, like innate potential for some things. 
and the some things can be a task. That task could be drawing. That task could be running or um, th- being patient with annoying problems or whatever, right? I mean, sure. th- there's just capacities that, that can be... Um, but then the intersection of like uh, the, the, the desire and interest to apply or even discover through experience to, to find the capacity, that is its own separate thing. So someone may never discover what some what is a thing that is incredibly natural to them. And so you think so? You, you think somebody be, you can have like this natural hidden talent that you never discover? I I believe this. I, I'm I don't gonna know. be awake I now. Researched it. I haven't researched it, right? But like, this is something I, I believe. I'm just a, telling a you that story in my mind. Now I'm gonna wa- lay awake tonight, trying to figure out what you what, haven't tried. Yeah, what's naturally... my hidden? Yeah, what's my hidden talent where mm-hmm. I could be, you know, an Olympian, a gold medal Olympian, but I've just never mm. attempted. Well, I mean, can't think of a sport right there's now. There's a conflation of a lot of things where basketball. Just throw a little tangle into this basketball, sure. <laughs> Uh, why not? We let's go to the court, shoot some hoop. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow we'll record like on the in the field. <laughs> Art and science punks shooting hoops. I am terrible I'm gonna, at it. I'm actually. gonna. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna go just on this really weird tangent right now. Well, we're there. <laughs> this conversation reminds me of an episode of My Little Pony. Oh, nice. <laughs> Where the little ponies. The the young fillies, I think, or the little ponies, the young yeah. ponies, um, they don't have the little mark. They don't have their cutie marks yet. They don't have yet. a cutie mark, okay. And so they go out and they just keep trying like different bizarre things to try and find their hidden talent because yeah. then their cutie mark will show up. It, and there you go. So the cutie mark could just be the visual acknowledgement of discovering the talent, right? right. So, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And it's also kind of like that rite of passage thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot. It's got a very like dual message, like puberty type message where mm. there's this whole thing about, well, we all have ours and you don't have yours because you're a baby. And, you know, anyway. Mm. But at any rate, I'm feeling like maybe I don't have my cutie mark yet. I'm pretty sure I don't have my cutie mark. <laughs> but... Uh, that's I, I, it's not going to stop me from looking. And <gasps> I this is, love this. This is why I, this is to not to shortcut exploring the question that you asked, but this is one of the reasons why I encourage people because you could easily be telling yourself a story based on past experience and negative right. um, Somebody told you. That, yep. Through, you know, like what, what do you, what's your th- I was just I just thought of another random tangent is okay. all nice well. um, just you and I both just read uh, Bruce Dickinson's book sure yes 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 Bruce Dickinson of uh, Iron Maiden the lead singer of a like a worldwide you know big heavy metal band and he has many say. cutie marks um, he has many, many things that he's good at sure yes um, but in the book he talks about how he always wanted to be a drummer because yeah. uh, he didn't think he could sing. And then some one day he was singing and several people told him, whoa, you really can sing. Mm-hmm. And he became a singer. So it's just kind of like what you're saying. You know, we have these stories we tell ourselves that I can or can't do this. And the drawing one is a, is a truly common one in my experience that I've encountered is the whole, well, I... 
I don't know how to do that. I'm not, I'm not an artist. I couldn't, I couldn't draw. I don't, this is the f- the classic one you hear. Like, and and people reuse these things as far as what like the the reminders and the the emblem of that they carry about sure. not being being able to draw. I can't. I couldn't even draw a circle. Right. Funny you should say that. And that that and and honestly, here's the here's the second thing. So cutie mark aspect of your question aside. Yes. There's the so what aspect of the question is like, you don't need a cutie mark to actually find a way to communicate your intention or ideas in a visual expression, right? But I think those are two different things. And then the artistic expression, exactly. So they get conflated. That's my concern is that the idea that someone sees that the, a sort of uh, institutionally heavily emphasized concept of what is art, what is a valid expression and they see whatever they can do on accident or on purpose and and through their own critique or through others critique in like an unwelcoming unsafe environment now they carry that with them as a reinforcement of no i can't draw and now i know why i've got the story i got closure this is this is my thing and i, I encounter this drawing, all the time i think that drawing though is one of those things where like yes i can put marks on paper to convey a message if i need to um draw somebody a map of how to get you know um you know from here to the elevator in my building i can do that i can Mm -hmm. convey that information but if i was going to let's say i wanted to sit down and draw a image of a bird that i have in my head Mm -hmm. what i have in my head is not what shows up on paper there, that's almost never the case. Like, there's almost even a, a even a highly accomplished artist is in a is in a is in a mode of carving, sculpting, and discovery. And there's a good chance that whatever they end up landing on isn't the thing they started out with in their head, because they're using their tools that they've learned to. Um, bring about and express the the anything from the the lighting and the perspective and the coloring and the like depending on to what depth you're you're you know are is this a a a painted image or a digitally colored thing um to um to what granular to what detail like how many uh specular highlights were in the eye of the bird and what was what angle was their head exactly in your mind versus what ends up on the page. Yeah, but that's different. Like, uh, and I would say it's more navigating toward a feeling. And so the, even, the, even the super accomplished artist is using their tools that they've practiced to land on something that feels right. Sure. Whatever. And it's plenty of that. There's lots of exceptions. And people would say that, sure, some artists have the exact image and they end up being able to express that. But I'm saying that plenty of artists, it's more of a discovery process totally get that maybe what very i'm saying highly is... skilled and highly skillfully executed discovery process yet okay i'll pause sorry what's your so i think you're missing what i'm saying i'm not saying that i had an image of a you know photorealistic cardinal in my head and what came out was okay. you know more of a blue jay what i'm saying is i have an image of a bird in my head and what comes out on paper is kind of in a uh, slightly awkwardly oval shape with a little uh, triangle for a beak. Like mm-hmm. it's not anywhere near 
what is going on in my brain. And I look at that and I'm like, that's not the drawing I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. I can't draw. Ah, but did you test that idea? So has someone looked at your um, attempt at a bird and said, hey, that's a cool toaster. Oh, <laughs> yes, you, you don't remember. It was you, you. Great. Let's let's describe your incident of. So years ago, I can't. Yeah. Really, you're going to remember this. Years ago, I bought a book to try and teach myself how to draw. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because you, like, no, everybody can draw. Everybody can do it. You get yourself a pen, some paper, some nice paper. You talk, sure. You talk because like I'm, that. It, but yes, I have a southern accent. When people get to know me. Now this is years back when you talk like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so I bought a book and I bought some, I bought some, um, pencils that were all different. Um, um, I don't know. They made different colors of pencil color. Okay. Sure. (laughs) Which I didn't even know existed. I'm like, why do I need eight pencils? Oh, these are all different colors of pencil color. B and. Oh, they were grayscale though. Right. HB and. Okay. Those are different hardnesses. There you go. All right. So I bought the pencils and I bought some paper and I bought a book Hmm. and I only got as far as page three of the book because the second lesson on page three was to make a shaded sphere. Oh boy. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. I worked on that damn sphere for like two weeks Mm. and I couldn't do it. And you laughed when I showed you. what I was working on. To be fair, I was a younger man. And immediately grabbed a pencil and drew a perfect sphere with shading. And you're like, see the light source is coming from over here. And I'm like, oh no. Clearly I lacked all sorts of finesse (laughs) and empathy and skill in the aspect of exploring another person's perspective related to that. No, I can't draw. No. I, <laughs> I messed up. Well, that was not the point of my story. That is, well, I mean, clearly I did. And uh, so, and that, I, okay, this, could, this is part of the problem. So part of the problem is someone who has accomplished some level of um, fluency with that task, talking with someone who is just beginning to gain some kind of awareness of it and start to explore gaining fluency, there can be such huge room for confusion and misunderstanding, right? So... Oh, totally. And to be completely fair and completely honest, you also said to me, skip the stupid sphere exercise and go on to the next thing in the book. Sure. Because I just, I was... I'm glad I was at least broken clock level of correct. <laughs> no, you were awesome. And I do not mean to make that story sound like you were a total jerk because you weren't. But uh, I do remember you drawing a perfect sphere right next to my shitty ones. <laughs> Thanks for the edit. So um, I'll have to figure out what Art and Science Punk's bleep is. <laughs> yeah, so we have a, don't have a need for bleep. Sorry, everybody. Um, okay, so... That's part of the problem because those incidents are there. You're being very vulnerable when you're saying I'm exploring this. I do not feel confident. 
I am curious and I tried. And then that's a, that's a delicate moment. That's a delicate moment. That's easy to get wrong. Sure. And that, and I, I, my hypothesis is a lot of people have been in that kind of moment. Sure. Okay. But let's go back to what makes you think everybody can draw? Because. I mean, do you mean that people are physically capable of like putting their pen to paper? Because I think it's a matter of um, the level of fluency to gain some in, uh, like immense benefit from putting visual symbols on paper, you know, digital or otherwise. You don't need to learn a lot of fluency before you gain a lot of expressive ability. So lit- just through the just through, through drawing simple shapes and the the rough attempt at drawing simple shapes. I do not sure. mean a perfect square, a perfect circle, perfect equilateral triangle. I mean, roughly a triangle, pretty much a sphere, kind of a square, <laughs> you know? Sure, sure. And as soon as you have that, you got a line, you got a dot, you got some squiggly stuff. Your ability to, to express things, as soon as someone says, guess what? This can be associated with um, a cat. A cat. And so you've got a couple triangle ears, triangle-ish, not perfect, and then a roughly circle thing, a couple dots for eyes, and then like a, you know, a couple half circles for like the little, the little sort of lippy, lip-hanging mouth that, yeah, the that classic a cat does. Yeah, mat cat mouth draw. Line, line, line for, for whiskers, and you've got a cat face. And that would be recognized from... Universally. Yeah, very, uni- you know, very widely. And so let's say you have that cat face and then you want to say, oh, this cat is so excited, right? And then you could simply say, I don't need to express this literally. I'm not trying to go into, you know, public television drawing cats for everyone to draw a cat like me. You just want to draw a cat that has this concept of being excited. Draw Draw stars for its eyes. Know that you have simple shapes in your vocabulary that can get your ideas and feelings across. <laughs> okay. I totally get what you're saying and yeah. I love it, but I just have to say that having drawn a cat with stars for eyes, my cat looked like it got knocked out <laughs> instead of excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there, then you would be like, oh, whoops, try again. There's different symbols. Yeah. Like what else could you do? You could do the little half moon eyes, right? Or the, the big little, wide eyes. Yeah, big wide eyes, giant smile. I think you're you're on your way. And that's that's the idea that so you mentioned like the whole as an artist or like an artist or artistically thing. And um artists are a wider range of options as far as styles and of expression than Absolutely. Yeah. And you can see that. You can see that even just watching you know, cartoons, like the, the style of the art varies greatly and some very simple shapes and mm-hmm. very, very, um, popular, yeah. well, well done, you know, animation and some very Hello complex. Kitty, yeah. Dragon Ball Z, um, you know, you name it, different, uh, different, uh, complexities of symbols yeah. that get used by yeah. different um so i have another question for you yeah so how how come um 
you know, so I've struggled with this for ages. So I've struggled with, you know, air quotes, I can't draw. Yeah, okay. And I've tried a couple of the different times. Well, in the last few years with the kids um, and their interest in art and creativity and expressing themselves, we've used a lot of, um, um, we've talked about it before on the podcast with the the art tools, um, some like of the sort of art videos. Step-by-step sequence-based yeah. drawing. Yeah. yeah, and so there's there's some, some videos where you can watch the YouTube video that is step-by-step drawing. Um, and that same that same guy does um, little step-by-step sheets that you can do. Mm-hmm. And we've printed out some of those sheets. Yeah. And we'll sit around with those and, and you know, do have drawing nights and whatnot. And I love those. Sure. And if I take the step-by-step approach, but I find myself every time I'm doing it, I can actually draw. Like I could can come pretty close to kind of the drawing or the design that's there, especially if I do it a couple times, right? Not the first time. But it's using, you know, Sharpie markers and big thick lines and very two-dimensional. Like there's no depth. Per se. I don't have to worry about shading and where the light source is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I can do those. And every time I find myself like, oh, I would have never thought to draw the arm that way or to make the neck lines this shape. Mm. Or I have no idea what this line is going to be in the drawing. And it's like the second line you draw. It always starts in a very different place than I would start. Like I would usually start, you know, draw the circle for the head. Mm. But no, you're going to draw the eyes or the nose or something different first. Mm. So what are you thinking about that? So my question there, sorry, I kind of rambled on, but my question is how come I can do that step by step? And like my internal dialogue is, well, I'm not really drawing. I'm copying somebody's steps. Hmm. So the, the difference sounds like if you had an urge to express your own specific idea, or even if it was the same subject matter as the step-by-step like worksheet you're working with. Um, yeah, you would probably have a different sort of approach to putting that thing on paper that would maybe look different, but I would, I would say as long as you're comfortable with sticking with the, the, the simple shapes that are a little more doodly, a little more, um, uh, not not representative from a realistic perspective, right? They're just they're conceptually right. So you're you're dealing with um, ideas instead of uh, detailed representations that mm-hmm. that uh, that ring true from sort of a physical real world yeah. point of view, right? If you stick with that, I think you might end up finding a satisfying approach. But like, it's so it's fine that like your strategy would be different. And so, in essence, with the worksheet, you're consuming someone else's strategy. That that ah. that person has their approach, right? And you're inherently like melding that with the the simple shapes. Yeah. And but I've watched you through, sketch, and I've watched you draw, and and also have seen similar. Mm. things where I'm like, what on earth is he so there's drawing? An idea. And then it's like, oh my God, that just turned into a leg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's an, there, there are tools and techniques that when you choose to practice 
um, longer, you may employ them. And, and some of them may be um, sort of a choose your own adventure. You could branch off toward a really detailed representation of something, but yet also not worry about that and go simpler. Like for instance, the idea of doing an underdrawing, like some of like literally stick yeah. figure, um, I call it H ball people. The, um, the kind of people I've done a lot with. You call them what? H ball. <clears throat> the letter H plus a ball. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think of the letter H as the roughly the torso and legs of the human form and then put a ball on top and then stick two arms out, to, out the sides, that's the kind of stick figure that I find incredibly flexible and expressive. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm going to have to watch you draw again. Okay. I'm so have to watch you draw an H ball. Yeah, I mean, that's my nickname. So you can have like star people. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Right. So they're kind of starish and they look a little, you know, sort of humanoid, but then sort of alien, right? And, and, uh, anyway, H ball are like a. Whatever, you you mean a thing. capital letter H, right? Yeah, capital letter. <laughs> the, it, wow, that would be a different deal. Like a lower, <laughs> lowercase h and a ball. I would have to play with that. <clears throat> anyway. Okay. That's awesome. Good point. So let's see. What um, what was I really exploring with that? You had a question. And you, an- you answered my question. Okay. You answered my question about am I really drawing if I'm, you know, just following the step-by-step sheets. And what I heard you say is that, you know, I'm using someone else's technique. And the more that I practice and the more that I do that, I may discover different ways of doing things. Um, or I may discover that some of those techniques, you know, really work for my style. Um, Mm. and I'm paraphrasing or maybe reading a little between the lines, but I think what I'm hearing is, you know, just keep practicing and soon I'll be like tired of drawing the same hello kitty over and over again. So now I'm going to make it, you know, a hello puppy, um, and kind of branch out from there. Well, and so part of it is need and part of it is curiosity and then part of it is permission and comfort, right? So if someone has said, essentially, you're not an artist, you're not allowed to enter here, you don't have permission to do this. But if you feel comfortable to continue to play and explore, I think you'll end up um, either out of your own uh, need to say, oh, gosh, I have to represent some concept of a dog versus a kitty. Then, yeah, you'll end up thinking like, well, what shapes am I going to use for the years to make it look like a dog instead of a cat or like a, you know, very contemplative dog or whatever you're trying to, sure. whatever story or the thing you're trying to com- convey. And through the need, you'll find a way to adapt or because you're just curious about what's next. It, you know, maybe it's boredom, but it could be like, well, what if, and all of a sudden, right. you what if, what no, if I, your think way. It, I think it'd be totally curiosity and need like, mm-hmm. Oh, I want to draw a scene or, you know, to be completely honest, my need is typically one of the kids saying, draw a puppy right there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And this is one of the, one of the things that I do, I want, this is one of the reasons why I want to spread. Like if no one else has given you permission to draw and you really got to have someone that needs to give you permission, I got your back. Right? Totally. Go for it. Draw. You have permission to draw. You can draw. You can draw something in your own way. And even if it is the most abstract, like, who knows, puzzle of a dog, 
it's still your expression of a dog and that's there's nothing wrong with that and if you're if you at the end of that drawing have this oh there's nothing wrong with what i've done with, with what i did here <clears throat> in in the way that like i'm allowed to do this i'm allowed to express that's it that's the level of encouragement i intend to convey without trying to you know disrespect people's concept of who they are <laughs> I don't think you've ever disrespected anybody's concept of who they are. Fair enough. <laughs> well, this is fantastic. I appreciate you um, kind of digging in and um, kind of getting underneath this belief because this has really been informative and actually inspiring to me. Um, and you've always been incredibly supportive. Again, I don't mean to make it sound like you were a jerk. It's just I like to I like to play with you a little bit. I love that example, though, too, because yeah. it shows that, like, even if, if anyone has listened to or experienced, like, how I approach this now, how I approached it earlier in, in, my, in my practice was different. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm learning. We all grow. Yeah. But I'm excited. And I'm, I'm actually very excited and energized and um, inspired to kind of do some more drawing and do and to kind of pick up some of the stuff again. Um, I'll probably stick with my step-by-step sheets for a while and, and put the, um, how to draw a book on the shelf. <laughs> There's like traditional, um, visual artist education. It was a very certain, traditional book, certain strengths, but yet I would think some pretty big barriers for someone who's like, well, I don't really want to self-identify as a, um, you know, classic style artist. Right. I didn't need, I don't need to draw the fruit bowl. <laughs> and I've gone through all of it and I didn't mind it. I like, but when I was going through that, I was in high school and I would put a skull in the fruit bowl. Right. <laughs> and my art teacher was tolerant of this. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Fantastic. Well, again, I think this was a, a fun topic, topic to talk through, and I appreciate your, your thoughts and insights. Well, thanks. And uh, I, I, I appreciate you asking this and that I'm very grateful that it was about both of us. <laughs> All right, let's do some picks. Yes. Let's go on to some picks tonight. What are some um, awesome things that we have found in the realm of art and or science? We typically have a science pick and art pick, and we like rotate between us. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we, you know, merge or kind of blur those lines. Because sometimes there's there may be more than one thing that was really exciting in a particular well, week, and it's easy to rationalize making it into one big big pick. Well, and what I'm saying is sometimes art and science is a blurry line. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, true. Oftentimes. Yeah. Anyway, I have science tonight. I have a science pick and um, I'm kind of excited about it because it was something that um, I was came in contact with just again today. And one of my favorite toys, we've talked before in the podcast about the Works Museum. And I was at the Works today and got a chance to play with one of my favorite things, which is the Beebots. Oh, Wow. The, the bee bots. The bee bots. So if you don't know what a bee bot is, we'll put a link in the show notes, but a bee bot is a little bee with some buttons on it. Um, like a bumblebee, yes. not the letter B. Now, thank you. A bumblebee. And it's probably, um, gosh, how do I describe the size? It's probably about the size of a softball. Mm -hmm. The bumblebee is. And it's, um, it's a robot bumblebee. And it's got um, buttons on the top of it for forward, back, right, and left. 
and then a clear and a go button. So you hit clear and then I'm just going to give an example. So let's maybe you say you hit forward three times and then you hit um, the right arrow twice and then forward again. Well, then you push go and that VBOT's going to go forward three squares. It's going to make two right turns and then come back to you, you know, mm-hmm. Well, I guess I said one, but it'll come back to you one square. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's basically like a programming robot, mm-hmm. um, but it's a little tiny bee, and it's got um, it's it can take I think up to like forty commands, um, <laughs> and so at the works it's cool because they've got it set up. They've got a a nice little um, track for it that you can kind of set up a maze and then code your bot to go through the maze. Um, That's and really you, cool. you know, in the, the walls of the maze, you set up yourself. And so you can kind of set that all up anyway. Um, I think it's a really fun, uh, kind of very early childhood, early education, um, kind of pre coding, um, concept toy. Mm. Well, and honestly, it, it's pretty fun for any age. Oh, it's absolutely. I mean, I enjoyed the Bebot quite a bit. It's the idea that. I mean the whole pre-coding thing. It, is it that uh, you can you can put a set a whole set of instructions? You're not just saying like, oh, I moved it a little like a, a control pad forward for a while and then it moved forward. You're actually having to step back and say, go forward to this quantity. Yeah. And, well, and then yeah. when it turns, what's it going to do? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I think one of the like, the common things that the kids. Um, at least when I've kind of worked with kids with the Bebot is um, you can get it to turn, you know, kind of one turn, but then you have to tell it to go forward. And a lot of times they'll combine that step. They think if they hit turn, it's going to turn and go forward. So they're mm-hmm. usually off one when they're trying to get it to go through the maze every time they have it turn. Mm. So it's, you know, turning is one motion. Really cool representation of that. Right. It's like you're, your concept in your mind, your mental model of what this bee is thinking you're telling it to do, it may not actually match what you think you're telling it yeah. to do. What a powerful thing. Because, yeah. you know, welcome to welcome to bugs in programs. <laughs> the fact fantastic. that it's a bug, I wonder if that's intentional. Yeah. You know, yeah. Someone bee. someone chuckles about that. I'm sure. So anyway, <laughs> Beebot, that's my pick tonight. Awesome. Well, I have an art pick. Fantastic. And my art pick is a font, actually. I love fonts. It's an interesting font. I recommend is it you papyrus? It. It's <laughs> it's so <laughs> papyrus and um, Comic Sans get so picked on. You know, Saturday Night Live picked on papyrus. They re- yes, they did. Yes, that they was did. pretty funny. Um, and so, I mean, every font has a story. This is one of those th- side tangent, right? Yeah. How... Um, designers can care deeply about a particular area of expertise and then of course inherently to get really a lot better at it they can develop their taste of and and style of critique to be really honed and harsh right and sometimes that's part of their public voice so um, oh yeah you know i i can see offhand surface weaknesses in something but I tend not to go ahead and bash it, right? Because I think that thing exists for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like Comic Sans was meant to do a particular job. It's likely we're encountering it outside of its particular job, right? And then it's likely we're encountering um, Papyrus outside of its particular job. Now, like that's me at the, uh, you know, my, my age where um, maybe 
like for instance, the age where I critiqued your sphere, <laughs> I probably would have said something else about you wouldn't let me use papyrus on anything. <laughs> I'm I kidding. A, I'm totally joking. I had a, I had some concerns at a time. <laughs> I'm totally where I was kidding. Like, uh oh, wait a minute. Anyway, <laughs> I'm really picking on you tonight. I'm sorry. That, I, and that and that's that's good. Good good mileage out of that. So anyway, so this font that I'm talking about is brand new, and uh, at least to the outside world, outside of IBM, and that's oh. literally IBM, like you know, international business machine. IBM, they made a font called Plex. And they made it open source. Oh, cool. And the whole world, world of fonts and honestly, any intellectual property in general can have different layers of complexity and whatnot mm-hmm. because, you know, if you as an artist, especially as an independent one, you put together some kind of like comic, let's say, and you don't want someone to steal your ideas. Anyway, like I, I get it. Like you, you've like copyright is important and it protects you and, and that kind of thing. But like you get to fonts. And some fonts in particular, um, there's a lot of interesting complexities. Mm -hmm. Like if you start digging into font licenses and and stuff. And so that's like kind of like why I get excited about a a, a font that has a simple license and has a lot of flexibility and is really aesthetically pleasing. Nice. And so, yeah, anyway, there you go. My my pick is um, IBM's font, Plex. And it works on, you know, pretty much any platform, any desktop. And you can just download it? Nice. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. I love that, and it's a it's a nice font. It's a is it a serif, a sans serif? Okay, a I guess I should describe. It is not meant to compete with neither Comic Sans nor <laughs> Papyrus. It is more like I think the intent because I read an article about it too. I'll have to find that and put it in the show notes as well. But like, um, you think of Helvetica, yep, and how. It represents the uh, elegant expression of the characters of our alphabet. Okay. And such a, like, the simple lines. Yes. And a lot of balance and consistency. And it looks really, really elegant in so many contexts. Helvetica is so widely used. Uh-huh. Yet, it's it was invented... I, I don't know, I forget, like, what, 80 plus years ago, somewhere in there. So it's um, like, can't we attack, can't we tackle the, the sort of needs from a fresh perspective that something like Helvetica represents? So anyway, that's the kind of font that uh, Plex is meant to try to address a similar set of needs. Very cool. Well, I like it. I'm going to want to download Plex. Mm-hmm. Well, it's awesome. It's unencumbered. That's fantastic. And uh, I got to quickly say, like, there's plenty of encumbered fonts that are beautiful and amazing. Oh, yeah. Especially in the comics world, there's a lot of important, you know. Well, and with my. You could save with fonts. um, With my uh, silhouette cutter, Mm. um, there's a lot of fonts that are very cool that Uh I can go out and and, um, kind of add to my font collection that people are designing, you know, specifically for you know, vinyl and heat transfer and all those uses. So awesome. Exactly. Fonts are meant to solve a particular problem. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Robbie. I think that wraps us up for today. Thanks. And thanks for listening and for being a part of our art and science punks community. Robbie, where can people find us online? Well, we are 
art and science punks on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are art science punks. Fantastic. You can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. So get out there and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, we are available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where we would appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can tweet me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter. And I am Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. Keep building, making, and sharing. Typically, when people multitask, when they're doing other activities, they're looking at their phone. Nope, <laughs> my computer. You're holding a whole laptop up. You know, the cheese... Okay, so remember the cheese slicer that we got when we got married? I do. Desperately trying to find a replacement. Did you find one? Yeah, but it's got terrible reviews. Uh, Anyway, that's what I'm doing.